0: You are listening to Get Real Podcast.
1: Arthur. I have some bad news for you. <laughs> this is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, to do you?
2: That's life.
0: That's life. That's
2: what all the people say. stopping on a dream but i don't let it let all right glennard we're back we are we do have a guest a geest. a geest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah blast from the past a gentleman that uh, i have known since college did you know billy while you were in college or just billy after w- billy was instrumental
1: in getting me to church to hear the word to be saved oh wow
2: yeah Today's um podcast is something Billy had sent me a text message and we're like whoa did you see the Joker and you had all sorts of things that were stirring in you as far as what 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 was behind some of that or how God was using the people that were making this movie I did see it and then Glenn saw it uh, not too long ago and Billy just starting out the gate I'd like you to just describe some of the things that were going in you in you, like before you went in what was your impression and then then draw out some of the components of what uh what you saw in seeing that because it resonated it in our culture
0: it really does resonate and I'm you know I I don't know I I feel like maybe I'm I'm kind of the normal nowadays and Having a past that was not as as rough as the Jokers was. You know, my dad left when I was little, alcoholic stepdads who used to not be nice, you know, they're just, you know, a lot of crazy things. And it wasn't terrible, you know, it wasn't like I was tortured on a daily basis or anything. It just um seeing the reality of my life and then watching this show about the Joker and just seeing how they twisted it so strongly into that victim mentality and that that was something to be, I don't know, almost admired. And then you start rooting for the Joker because he was really thrown around. And that's – uh, it goes way – in my in my mind and in my heart, it seems like it goes way beyond anti-hero to a whole new level. And you're just going, okay, um, Hollywood's hit on something pretty strong. And it, it probably resonates with people in a huge way just because the family breaking down over the last few decades and generations or so. I mean you just start looking at history and how that plays out. And this is just one of those – turning points at least in my mind it seems like a real turning point for almost the national mentality of where we are as people and what we what we see as being uh you hate to use good versus bad or versus evil kind of thing but it's just maybe what's more acceptable than not maybe that's the way to say it
2: what were there particular things that were that were visual that um For example, when I saw it and he did that uh, repetitive thing where it's a smile and a cry at the same time that kind of like resonated and whoa, that was, it was, it was dark. Um, Was there any specific scenes or things that you saw visually in it that, that really resonated or, or moved you?
0: Well, you know, I guess, and it's not stuff you talk about very often, but you think, at least in my mind you know going through some of those experiences when i was a kid you know the fantasy life was always a big thing or you know we call them daydreams i guess and you know you think about what you would have done or could have done or should have done or wanted to do um and it's just all those little bits and pieces especially with that girl who lived down the hall from him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then at yeah. the end He's sitting there in the middle of his sin and he's remembering all those things and all of a sudden reality jumps right in there and she's not really sitting on the the couch with him with his mom asking him if he wants coffee he really didn't go in with her and and hang out you know it was just it was just really that was that was one of those things that just I don't know stuck with me pretty hard
1: that was a shock in the movie when you got to that point when you realized that she really yes. wasn't with him. That great writing, I would say, in a yeah. movie. Oh. I, it just took me back. And then, but it just highlighted the reality of what you're saying about that fantasy world. And what he was longing for was connection.
2: We will have to put yeah. a spoiler alert on this if somebody hasn't seen it <laughs> oh. I know, at the beginning, but that's I'm fine. No go, no, go ahead and no. talk about all no, the yeah. facets of it. We'll announce that like at the beginning yeah. that if you haven't yeah. seen it, you want to stay away from it. But <laughs> yeah, cool. I did. Uh, I, I will tell the truth as far as when I was about seventy five percent through it, it was it was not bumming me out, but I was like, this is so resonant of something so real and so miserable yeah. in a lot of people. I'm kind of ready to get out of here and go, um, you know, watch uh, uh, VeggieTales or something. Exactly. <laughs> well, was, oh, we did.
0: Yeah, we did. We came home and we watched, I want to say maybe it was uh, Last Man Standing. Susie calls it Man of the House. Okay, okay there okay, you go. Okay, <laughs> okay. So we watched a couple episodes of that. And the, the, the thing that, like I said, I mean, uh, Dan, you know more where I came from. And it just, it was one of those things. I would say probably halfway through the movie, I wondered if he was imagining those things. And I actually leaned over and told Caroline that in the middle of the movie. I Mm. said, I think he's imagining these things. Just because I remember my life and how that was. And it just, I thought about it. And then when, you know, towards the end there, when it really happened, I was just, you got to be kidding me. that that, That's really true. That's what was going on. And uh, I don't know. It's it's like you were saying, there's just... (laughs) Oh, the, the writing in it was so good. It really brought it out I, I mean to a real level. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it wins a bunch of awards.
2: It should. His acting was amazing. Oh,
0: well, you know, Un- Billy,
2: just when you talk about even even when you were talking about your own human experience, there's kind of a relative scale. For example, like You were kind of diminishing yours that it wasn't all that bad, but I know you well enough and I know that it was very painful, but you're also sensitive and very intelligent. And it's like when a small child that is very sensitive goes through bullying from a drunk stepdad, goes through some insult or some some thing. It all depends on the sensitivity. There's kids that you could hit them with a verbal mallet and they wouldn't barely even notice, right? And then there's yeah. other kids you could do just a little bit, not even cross a criminal line, not even cross like some abuse thing that the grown up would get in trouble for, but the kid could be very damaged. And I think at a certain point of misery, it's almost like our brain, we try to use it as... We try to go psychedelic on ourselves. We try Mm -hmm. to make it so that we can escape into fantasy. We short circuit our mind that it, um, you know, it would serve us as like a uh, self-induced opiate, right? That you're like, this is so painful. This rejection is so dire that I need my brain to create another life. And it was like, you mentioned to me something, and I want you to elaborate on this. You mentioned it was like the perfect, the forming of what did you how did you say it do you remember that you said it was like the perfect forming of the um like of the fallen human or the fall it was do you remember what you said i'm sorry i don't have the text in front of me
0: i don't um well you you did wax
2: eloquent but now it's lost lost in the world
0: I'm like Will Farrell. Hey, oh, I blacked out for a second. What was that? <laughs> he gives that whole political speech in uh old school or whatever it was. Um, he he answers that big, huge political question perfectly to where the other guy couldn't even rebut. And then he kind of shakes his head. Will Farrell goes, Oh, I blacked out for a second. Did, did we do okay? I feel like that's what I, that's what must have happened. Um but you know that it you were saying something about um just the different levels of you know some kids can take a little bit more some can't and i just it makes me wonder if this movie i uh, don't you guys you, you i know you remember specific movies just because they were iconic at the time and you start thinking okay star wars changed the world you know for a little bit mm-hmm. um uh what was it? Silence of the Lambs is the one that comes to mind, yeah. yeah, yeah that just changed the way we saw bad guys and I know there's underground movies and just darker b-side movies and things like that, but as far as mainstream movie, I really feel like we turned a corner with this Joker movie. I mean, Hmm. just as far as what we were willing to put up with and what we were willing to see and uh, kind of our feelings towards the Joker as a person. And it makes it just makes me wonder, you know, uh, we've turned corners and then we start going downhill and just kind of curious as to how this is gonna change the rest of it I, I don't remember that's interesting
1: yeah that's really well,
0: that's a it, dark thing you know I, I don't remember it being so mainstream before
1: yeah I, it's really interesting you say that Billy because as we were getting towards the end of, well first of all when I left the movie I had a tension headache and felt like I was gonna throw up <laughs> and I, I looked at my wife <laughs> I said how are you doing she's like I feel like I'm she, she felt nauseous I was not entertained but I was educated that was yeah. that was thinking man's art that was put on that screen, and I even responded to a thread uh, of somebody that I follow on Instagram that that was not art that was that was not entertainment, but that was art that uh, smacks you right in the face. But as it got towards the end of the movie, I kept thinking Hitler, Hitler, the a anti-hero, tra- because you look yeah. at the life of Adolf Hitler, he was. He was very inadequate, very, he was a social misfit. And in his misfit way, society embraced him and thought that he was the savior of Germany at that time because of the conditions of Germany. And then I thought a little bit deeper that society, we as a people, we as a fallen humanity, make our own monsters. And that was the thing that I really got out of that movie, is that the Joker was made out of our fallenness, the way that we deal with things. You take a look at, he was going to social services for help. And the whole time, the lady's not listening to him. And then they they closed down. So there's no hope from social services. There's no hope from the government. And that was a real smack across the face. I started thinking about that even a little bit more of, well, that's where the church is lacking a lot today. There's a void that's there. Nobody's listening to him. Nobody cares. And even Billy, if you go back to the beginning of the movie where he wrote, and I wrote it down because it was resonating in me for, for quite some time, where he wrote, I hope my death makes more sense than my life. And he spelled sense C-E-N-T-S. Now, right. j- just on the surface, it'd be like, oh, well, he's the Joker. He's funny. He can't spell Right. But he felt
0: worthless. No, that's intentional. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He felt worthless. And there was also an aspect that I noticed that there was a political tint to some of that that was a little bit anti capitalist. It was the it was that anger, that sense I could see that self worth. But it was also there was um, they were coming against the rich and the privileged, yes. which were v- shown as the bullies and the context with the resist movement. That did make me feel a little bit uncomfortable because it seemed like they were messing with a powder keg. Um, oh yeah. Also, when I looked at it, there's there's that postmodernistic vibe. Used to the church was if people felt hopeless, they would think, well, you need to go see a ministry. Now it's like you get to go to the cold forensic DMV styled clinical you know person that's like have a seat well have you tried your Ah. meds you know and they don't really care about you it's not like somebody going out of whatever reason that person is there because they wanted to be there for free even if it's not an ideal ministry outlet that we would see as orthodox christianity but it would be somebody that volunteered out of warmth to be there and minister to someone And now in certain cases, that would be illegal for them to help a mentally disabled person or to do things. The church used to be the center of that. So do you think, Billy, that that postmodernistic turn is kind of what you were talking about, that corner?
0: Oh, Oh, yeah. And if you look, and I figured Glenn would be totally, I bet he did totally geek out about it. I mean, think about the lighting in the movie. And when those those scenes were going on, it was so, uh, you know, 50s, dark, kind of not lit well um intentionally not lit well and you know i you know it it really those two those two ideas put together as we are talking right now it just it just emphasizes i think our call and our need as christians um you know to really if if you're truly born again reaching out and being able to help just even in the smallest things people think you got to have I don't know, 10 years of intensive Bible study and whatever else, man, if you're really born again, God saved you. He put you where you're supposed to be. And you know what you're supposed to know to talk to the people that you see every day. And it's just, it doesn't have to be this big, huge thing, but I, I don't know. I, I saw it as a big call in a, in a way, as far as just getting up and, and actually making, making choices during the day to to walk out and talk to people because this is a real it's definitely a real thing that's going on but i agree with you on that um it's definitely a an interesting outer keg because even the way they cast the way they cast um mr wayne i mean think about it in all the other batmans that we've ever seen was bruce wayne's dad a screwball no I don't remember him. I don't ever remember that.
1: No, he was very, very stable, even keel guy.
0: Hmm. He was very arrogant. He was very. Um, he lacked empathy. It was, it was just an opposite feel for, for Batman's dad, so to speak. I mean, hmm. anyway, it was just a weird, a weird thing I saw, and I couldn't believe that they let him ca- let let them cast somebody that was so out there. Um, as far as just the writing goes and, and the actor, you knew, cause he's usually kind of a, a mean, he ends up usually being a bad guy. I think the guy who played him as an actor,
1: Billy, you are absolutely correct. I did geek out on this. Uh, <laughs> I was geeking out. In the I knew movie th- Yeah. <laughs> you know me all it. too well. I even, because with my background in video production and even making a short film at one point in time that I think one of or two couple of your children were in at well, we'll talk about that at a later date. Um, right. But even the, even the music that they use, the Frank Sinatra song, That's Life. Oh, yeah. I mean, going, hearkening back to the 50s. And I, I when I was hearing that song during the movie, I was just sitting there, and this is me thinking what I'm watching and processing everything. You listen to that song, and you watch the movie of what's going on, and I thought to myself, how do any of us make it through this existence on Earth without Christ? Oh, mm. Oh, yeah. Because you got all the layers that you're dealing with. Okay, you've got your own fallenness that you're dealing with. Then you have to deal with the fallenness of other people that are around you, that are trying to keep you down, that are trying to hurt you. Then you've got the aspect of we live in a world of spirit. Uh, there's spirits that are around us, and what they do is they try to keep you down. So we've got all these layers of ick, and it's amazing we can even get out of bed in the morning.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because Susie said something about that song during the movie. And I was going, okay, well, got to see how this all ties together because they're really trying to make a point as to to how terrible life is and yes. there's nothing you can do about it, you know?
2: Yeah. It seems really like it was uh, the writing and the portrayal and the casting was very paradoxical in the sense that they would take opposite emotions um, the way, like I said, the smile and there the, yeah, they, la- the the laugh and the cry when the dance when he's doing that dance that, yeah that was amazingly moving but it was it was weird it, it's trying to portray something happy opposite. but it's ugh.
0: it was intentionally opposite yeah it's like um you know um have you seen those tests that they give folks and they write out a color so they spell out yellow y-e-l-l-o but they'll color it in green writing hmm. have you seen no, these no no i have not Mm-mm. um i'm not 100 percent sure what we use them in i see them though from time to time and it's just a long list of words and it each word it, it's a color and it's written out but it's in a different color than what the color of the word is saying okay so, Orange will be colored red, but it'll be spelled out orange. And it'll tell, they'll say, okay, read the words. And then you'll try and read orange, but your brain will think red. Or it'll say, don't read the word. Tell me the color of the word. And uh, I think the first time I think I saw him was with Susie's dad with the the Alzheimer's thing. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those neuro tests kind of things. But honestly, I can't remember for the life of me where it was. Wow. Um, I just remember seeing that. But it's that thing. It's, it's exactly what we're saying. It's you see someone dancing and that elicits a certain emotional response from you, but they're portraying it in a completely different manner.
2: I wonder if our um, palette, our sensitivity palette, that we can kind of appreciate this, even though it's dark. And I try to imagine even that music, that music came from a time of, Hey, the war is over. You know, we had the cold war kind of overshadowing it, but typically the fifties were a pretty happy time and a prosperous time. And it was, hey, yeah, the beginning. Yeah. yeah, let's make babies. Let's build a house. Let's buy a new Cadillac. You know, it was kind of that. And that's represented yeah. in all the music and the doo-wop and the, just the culture. And it was a high point for the world happening in the United States as far as just life, I guess. Uh, relati- yep. Relatively speaking, but then when they play music from the 50s, but in that dreary setting, and it's like, whoa, you, that whole thing—it's paradox. It's pa- it's opposites.
0: But but that was the whole thing. Is is it's an example of just you're expecting one thing and you get something completely different. And even though your expectations were a certain way, um, the instructions, or in this case, society, or Joker's society is telling you no, it's supposed to be something else. And that's why I thought this movie was just so uh, so pivotal, you know, like the silence of the lamb took away our fear of of really the bad guy. And, you know, it made Hannibal so accessible, um, and that mentality that pushed him. And we saw his brilliance and we saw some of the positive character traits and his relationship with the girl, and you know, it just You go, okay, well, he's not really a monster. He just, he's just weird. And it just seemed like pivotal for me. And then the Joker comes along and now we've really, we've really amped it up some in what we would expect. And we've even touched on it from the music to the dancing and the laugh is now a, you know, psychological condition. And it's just, you know, it's one thing after another. And now all of a sudden you're not so sure about the world that you're living in and, or at least what other people are thinking in the world is that you live in. So yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know I that paradoxal thing. It is definitely it's a big point.
1: Well, Billy, in line with the paradox, even the whole movie is a paradox because when you, me, and Dan were growing up, Batman was goofy characters running pal. around. Yeah, pal, Bam. zam, bing, zap, <laughs> and you know, and then even in the eighties, it was in the, it was Jack Nicholson's portrayal of the jo- Joker that really started to fascinate me with that particular character because. Going back to that, it was 1989 when that movie came out. I was absolutely fascinated with Jack Nicholson's portrayal, so much so that my high school yearbook quote under my senior pictures, Think About the Future, from The Joker, (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> I was really into that, and then you had uh, you had uh, Heath Ledger with his portrayal, where it became a little bit darker. And then we had kind of a reprieve from that with Suicide yeah. Squad, um, yeah. w- with uh, Leto is his name, Jared Leto. Played. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, Where it's kind of like, okay, we're back to kind of the yeah, he's evil, but he's goofy and just kind of silly. Yeah, he's
0: uh, he's just a goofy thug, and whimsical. You
1: know? yeah. yeah, yeah. But now we come to this, it's like. Oh, know, yeah. but you think about it though, you know, and you go into this movie, I don't know how many people went into it, oh, a Joker movie, cool, Batman type stuff and you get that, it's a, it's a paradox in a way compared to what we grew up with and I'm yes. sure you would have to agree though that they couldn't pull that off with the Penguin or Mr. Freeze what they tried to pull off in in this movie. It's just it just No, not on. at
0: all. <laughs> and a, you know, that's such a crazy thing and and we were looking forward to the movie and honestly, it was a it was a great movie. It was oh, yeah. just one makes you think you know it was one of those intellectual academic kind of oh yeah well here's society shoot on this for a while it was more of a statement like you were saying earlier glenn it it seemed like more of a statement than it was really entertainment yeah and it it turned out to be it's definitely an artistic marvel
1: (laughs) well even with the even with him with the gun was a statement that gun was what gave him feeling of power and control Alex. in his life mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. was just that and that just shows with people that do suffer with mental illness how that is such a draw to that to gain control and that's what he used it for mm-hmm. he just didn't want to go on a killing spree oh i'm gonna go you know kill me some people today at felt first empowered. yeah yeah he felt empowered and he used that to exert that power when he felt scared and was picked yeah. on.
2: I, I think of this question, and y'all tell me if you agree with this. It, are we as a society, because of overstimulation? For example, when we were all kids, you remember some things that happened. Uh, the Challenger exploded. That was mm-hmm. a big deal. We were in, all in grade school, right? Yeah. Um, we remember when they tried to shoot President Reagan at the Washington Hilton. Yep. And there were these yep. things that made big impacts on us. Now, with today's media culture, Flying at the speed of light through your phone, you know, just over and over and over again. We hear about every shooting, every horrible thing. We see it plastered all over the place. You see videos and beatings and this and, oh, a mob fight broke out in a Waffle House. Or you had this happen the other day. Or somebody shot an old lady. Or this, um, somebody did something cruel to an animal. We hear way more than, you know, 300 years ago with somebody milking a cow on a farm. You know, they couldn't even imagine this. Even in the 50s or the 80s now look slow so are we as a society i think that character was the building of a sociopath and it was not that he was born as a psychopath i'm not trained in this but the difference being a psychopath is someone that is born with you know they don't have an amygdala you know they something's wrong with their brain they're going to be a killer just that's what they're going to be or they're going to do that society and his pain is rejection and bullying Made him. He had a genetic disposition. disposition yeah, but there was these stimuli that created a sociopath on the screen in front of us. Is that? Are we waxing as a general society because of the over torment and stimulus, the the bullying of stimulus? Are we wanting to escape and to being sociopaths ourselves as a culture because we don't want to feel all this stimuli? Is it overwhelming to us? So we, in a way, the reason we watch that and resonate is because that's what we're being because the torment and the pain from all of the, you just millions of images, millions of news headlines, murder everywhere, violence. You didn't hear that milk in a cow 300 years ago. I don't know. I mean, maybe we're all becoming that way socially. What what do you think about that, Billy? And then I'll, well, uh, you know,
0: I, it seems like there's a couple of points to it and and you guys know it i think um as as anybody is the desensitization of a culture and we've got to have that so that you can get into a go along and get along sort of mentality news nowadays it's not even a big deal um obviously there's nothing new under the sun but there's just there's a reality to kids growing up so fast they see so many crazy things that it's not even that big a deal and we've got to have something oh bigger and stronger you know it's it's like we're calloused and and there's got to be something bigger and stronger out there to really tweak our head and that's that's what i think this movie shows us is something a little deeper a little seedier a little stronger a little more influential um, at least kind of what I, what I see with it anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, good points. Yeah. Well, the, uh, I did feel like I needed to be pressure washed after I got oh, out absolutely. of there. <laughs> You're not <laughs> kidding me. Oh man, no doubt.
0: No doubt.
1: I think with the desensitization, Dan, you do have a point about the media because there was just a, sh- a school shooting just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh-huh today now it's just kind of like okay that's in the news cycle but you go back to when columbine happened that was the epicenter of the news what was going on there it just took everybody by shock and surprise and no columbine was not the first act of school violence ever it had been going on since the 1800s the late 1800s early 1900s so today it's just kind of like oh okay well there's there's another school shooting oh this is this is what's going on and then it's on to the next story so there is a desensitization to that. And then you take a look at our society. Bullying has been an issue since the beginning of time.
2: Yeah. You know, uh,
1: I had instances of bullying when I was in school. Most, most everybody did at one point in time. Uh, you always yep. had the kids shaking you down for your lunch money uh, or the milk money and, and wanting that. And we didn't flip out and we didn't turn out that the way that a lot of kids are handling it. So you've got all this stuff coming in at you unfortunately today because of media because of the instant access that we have to communication the darker things that we were kind of ignorant to and naive mm-hmm. about all these things have been going on forever Yeah, it, we didn't see it but now that we see it so you get these kids that are bullied then they're also inundated with all this other stuff coming at them i, I think there's a lot of the innocence of childhood has been lost yeah I and that's right. why we're winding up where we are now the the enjoyment that, and that's part of our job as parents, is to protect our kids from that, so that they
2: can develop normally. Well, I, I think we can bend this into a redemptive angle. Uh huh. As far as we do know from the word, you know, that the darkness will not uh, take over the light. That's my paraphrase from John chapter one. Right. <laughs> um, and the darker things get, we talked about this mercy yes is is seems to be that much more um endued you know to be able to handle this. I do know that um we all have a mutual uh previous person that we knew that ministered to kids on a regular basis and I think had a degree in counseling and some other things, but he would um he would minister to kids and he said it blew his mind just when kindness just just being kind to a young person, genuinely interested or friendly in a real way. And, and I'm not, you know, I'm not big on whole just friendship, smiley, evangelism, right. and that's how you're going to change right, the world. Right. But when you get with a, a child, when you get with a young person and you take a genuine Holy Ghost inspired loving interest to impart something to them, that is going to stand out so much more in a miserable, desensitized, cold somewhat fatherless motherless world to these people and and i think that's uh that's a good redemptive maybe angle
1: and i want to take another i want to go back to what the joker wrote about his death making more sense than his life the worth Mm -hmm. the worthlessness that he felt well unfortunately a lot of people feel worthless because we have subscribed to the Darwinistic sense that we, hey, we just emerged from primordial soup, so (laughs) there's not you. He pats me on the back. (laughs) You, you, You know, what kind of worth do you feel in that? You know, mm, yeah. oh well, yeah. you're just a product of evolution. You know, you you just happen by yeah. chance there, sport, and then when you go, guess what? It's over, and there's nothing after this. Mm. So you do yeah. you do feel worthless in this? And it took me to the Greek of what what does redemptive mean? You know, what does it mean to redeem something? And people, human beings, there is no such thing as a worthless soul. Mm. There is no such thing as a worthless human being, and. I I have to repent of the times that I've told people, "Hey, you're worthless," when they didn't fit into my life the way that I wanted them to fit into my life. No, mm-hmm. there is great there is great worth in them. And when you take a look at redeem and the redemptive work that Jesus did on the cross, to redeem means to purchase back, to buy something back, as in a marketplace, something that has value.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And I think along the same lines, and Billy, Buddy, and go ahead if you're, if you're. No, no, no. I was just going to
0: say you guys both touched on that same point, and that's that's kind of where I was going to go as far as the redemptive side of it. Um, I may have been going a little bit darker, though. Dan, you and Glenn, you do too. Maybe not as much as Dan did, just because he was in my company. But uh, man, I was I was definitely Joker material um, times ten. And God was able to reach down and pluck me out. If it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. And to see that redemptive side, the reality of it, it's it's what everybody's longing for. They just don't know they are. The Joker was longing for it throughout. And I thought it was extremely poignant when he went into his neighbor's place to have affection and and hook up to so to speak but there there was an affection there that he was longing for that he never saw yeah and you to say that dan about even the most even the slightest genuine holy spirit inspired attention just on the smallest degree kids respond and he never he never saw that mm. and i think that that's a pretty big statement it's just yeah, but, I'm, I'm glad because that I'm tenderness we were able-
2: that tenderness was there and he, you're, you're, that's a great point. Uh, he was bringing up, Glenn had to go and tend to Mac the metal dog. Um, he, Billy was bringing up just uh, some of his own points of testimony, but also that the Joker, when he went into that girl's apartment, and then he had these tender feelings for her, there was a lot going on there. So, no, I just, one thing, too, I would bring up what you said, Glenn, about worth and so many times worth or worthlessness is defined by the worldly defined yes. by your usefulness yeah. to me and not defined before God. Because when God made Adam a living soul, every single person that was in his loins to wax King James's but in, <laughs> Love in, 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 in his loins, right? That was all yeah. of us, right? And every single one of us, if you were born, I don't care if, if, your mom and daddy got together because they were sharing a crack pipe and they had you in the sovereignty of God, you were born into this planet for a purpose, for a purpose Jesus, and for, God, a for a reason. And he's got his love extended to you. And he, you are, are precious enough for Jesus to be able to, to, to give his life for your uh, future redemption. It's a beautiful thing in that sense. Yeah. So. Go ahead, Absolutely. Billy. You're, you're chomping at the no, bit. I hear it.
0: No, no. I, I was. I was really more and than anything else. I, I couldn't agree more. That's that's it. I mean, uh, okay. So I heard a story from a lady at our church um, about a friend of hers. So this is two or three off. Um, she had a son who ended up in his teenage years uh, getting a girl pregnant. They ended up, I think they ended up getting married. It was very difficult. Uh, She ended up, uh, they ended up having a girl. The guy's mom, the original lady that was telling the story, she couldn't figure out why God was allowing this to happen. A year in to this kid's life, this little baby's life, who, you know, it all happened kind of crazy. It was all in their teenage years. That new grandma ended up getting cancer and dying about a year later. And the one thing that she said on her deathbed was, I didn't understand it before, but God wanted me to see grandkids before I died. It was one thing that she really wanted on her heart. It's a humanistic, goofy story that doesn't have much to do about redemption, but it does show the reality that God is sovereign She wanted to see a grandkid. It didn't make sense as to how it happened, but she ended up getting to see it happen. You never know. There's always a reason behind what's going on. We just don't always know what it is. I remember a long time ago, you said... Oh, I, can't, I get we nervous. Were, I get
2: nervous every time you say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I,
0: but I, I wouldn't use it if it wasn't on point. Okay. Um, Thank you. You said a lot of things that I haven't said. No,
2: <laughs> I, I, just, uh, I, just, I feel you.
0: Um, no, uh, but you you were saying, you know, just the lack of things that we we don't know so many things, the lack of knowledge that we have, you know, you start talking about, okay, well, can you see your neighbor's house? Could you see around the corner? Can you figure out what's going on at the Quick Mart down on the corner? No, you can't. We have a super finite vision, and it doesn't matter who's born when. It, it From the loins of atoms, as Dan and King James have said, um, it, it's for a reason. We don't know it. Yeah. We don't agree with it. We may not know anything about it ever, but it's it's a reason.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I like what you're saying, Billy, because this is something that the Lord has been working in me. I'm I've gone from believing in coincidences to somewhat believing in coincidences now to, Believing that there are no such thing as coincidences. Yeah, me too. Come Completely on, that's way, it. <laughs> you know. Yes, and uh, last night, for some reason, I've been in the getting freaked out movie mode lately since I've <laughs> seen Joker. So my wife and I was like, "Hey, let's watch a movie tonight." So I pull out signs from the from the you know, oh, DVD. Nice. Okay. And the movie ends. I love it. Yeah, the movie ends with there are no such thing as coincidences, and I was like, "Yes, that's what's been stirring in me because God, the way that He is, this whole thing is rigged." Yeah, he's sovereign. sovereign. Yeah, he's he's just absolutely sovereign. It's all rigged. And even people that are not redeemed, well, okay, God uses them. The devil, that's God's (laughs) devil. He only moves as far as God allows him, and all that power that the devil wields, well, guess
2: what? That's God's power. He's allowing him to have it out of mercy. I agree, and I also think that that revelation to you comes after long years of a lot of pain, of a lot of understanding of walking with the Lord. There's a lot of people out there that when they hear us celebrating that, oh yeah, God's sovereign, and they have to process, you know, a kid dying of leukemia or, or whatever, you know, it's like, oh, how could that possibly be good? How could there possibly be a God? And I want to to reach out to you if you're listening and you've gone through just hard gloomy melancholy horrible circumstances whether they were inward whether you were wronged whether you were abused the word of god is full of a lot of hard truths and hard sayings and a lot of times it's hard to be able to receive that this is the love of god right when you're like god i hurt so bad i was done so wrong how could I sit there and be a sinner and be guilty? You're so busy blaming the person that hurt you. You're so locked up. And that's where the devil takes advantage of it. And yeah, that's where he exactly. wants to, to exactly. seal yeah. you into that place. Yeah. The beautiful thing is this. A lot of times, Glenn and I went over that verse in Ecclesiastes, I think, 7.3 that talked about that sorrow is better than laughter. Yes, and And part of that means that a lot of times, even through the difficulties of life, the disappointments, the real suffering that you may have endured, you may have a step up on being able to see God. Mm-hmm. You may be That's what not it's that, about right there. Exactly. Yeah. And not that far from the kingdom. Think about this. There was two men that went up in the temple to pray. Glenn, you know I bring it up all the time. Yeah. And the publican, the yeah. tax collector, that was like a mafia dude. That was a guy that would probably manipulate people into sleeping with him, you know, if if the woman couldn't pay what she needed to pay. He was a guy that took under the table all these bribes and he was an outcast in that society. But he had heard the word. He had seen them shedding the blood of these animals and doing these sacrifices. He had heard the, the law, the Ten Commandments. There's probably a rumor of a Messiah around there. But that man, what does it say? The Bible says that he wouldn't even look up to heaven at all. He was like staring at his shoes, mourning his his poverty of spirit. He's like there's nothing in me that's good. I'm horrible. I'm worthless. To use yes. what you were saying, yeah. Glenn. And when he just so meekly said, "Oh oh God, would you remember What was the sinner's prayer? Was it God, remember me that worked for the thief? Was it God, yeah. oh, why would you would you be mindful of me?" When he did and made that plea, that man went away justified. Now I want to say that to you that it can be very difficult to put down woundedness. I know I've learned that lesson. Yeah, and yeah. and but when you are able to do that and see that no, no, I will forgive. There is one that that is going to forgive me, and and I can have eternal life even in the midst of the worst of circumstances. Even being led to the martyrs, you know, being burned at the stake or whatever. God can grace you with a peace and joy that are beyond anything and, and your worth is not based off of money or what you do or how pretty or beautiful or athletic or whatever you are so
0: yeah
1: unfortunately yeah unfortunately today too most of what the was perceived as the church has set people up for even more woundedness oh, by yeah. presenting a god that's not really god mm. that oh god's just love and do do right and he's going to do good for you and you know, it's all going to be unicorns, roses, and rainbows, and smiley people, and and they really don't get down. When you read scripture, when you go into the depths of what happened historically, the Bible is a messy book. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. And what, well, what goes on in people's lives is messy.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Because we, you know, you think about it, there are churches out there that paint all these people that are in the Bible as these superheroes, when actually they were sinners. That God's just trying to show you. Look, I can use these sinners to be the father of your faith. Yes. You know, think about Yes, yes. Yeah. I
1: mean, yeah.
0: Oh my goodness, you start looking at David. I mean, and you guys know it. There's a truckload. Yep. It, it's all about that. Yeah. And To know that that's God uses us despite ourselves when He cut that covenant with us. He He's the one who has to do both sides. Yep. Uh, we talking about it this morning abraham you know he was in that deep sleep and god is the one who walked through and made that covenant it wasn't abraham god walked through both sides and said hey guess what i'm gonna do my part and you're gonna sleep through your part but i'm still gonna do it anyway and it's not gonna be fun but hey it's it's gonna be me so i'll tell you it's it's something else to, to know that the reality.
1: And when you take a look at the Hall of Faith that Dan brings up, the, the members of the Hall of Faith are probably some of the worst sinners. And oftentimes you hear, well, how can God use a person like that? How can God use somebody who's done this, 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 and this? And really what it boils down to is that when you think that way, you really don't understand God's grace. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: It comes back to that that Satan side of it. And what does satan do what does satan use satan uses strength beauty power he that's what he tries to use what is what is god trying to show you oh through the meekest things on the planet yeah. and i i mean i've we've all heard it before and i'm sure we've all said it before you know you start looking at the hebrews as a race god's interested in using the weak things of the earth to show his strength because because that's the whole point you know it's not about human strength. It's not about worldly power. It's not about any of that. It's about the strength of the Lord, the strength that God sent to the planet anyway. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. You struck a yeah. chord. Yeah. You struck a chord with me because it's the weak things. Uh, I am I am not all that. And when, I
2: read, is, when I read that Hall of Faith and I'm like, whoa, she was a hooker. And then I go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spirit yeah. That. I'm like, whoa, that means that, oh, okay. And then I'm like, and Samson Wouldn't his girl like a, you know,
1: whatever. You take a look at this in the instance of the Joker of of Arthur Fleck of all of the pain that he went through. Unfortunately, hypothetically, there was nobody there to share with him the truth of the word. Right. Because that man, and I'm speaking to those who deal with mental illness. I'm speaking to those who deal with heavy depression that are dealing with the very dark things of life. There is worth to you, and you are the one that can, God would desire to use the most, not the pretty smiling billionaire like Bruce Wayne. God's yeah. got no use, well, no no great, he's got use for it, but it's not what's going to advance the kingdom. It's the person like the Joker that's suffering with mental illness, that's dealing with depression, that's thinking about suicide. Those are where the next members from the Hall of Faith are right now.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and this might be a good way to close it out. If you think about Jesus Christ himself and what he did and what he experienced, we were talking earlier about the relativity of sensitivity. When it comes to um, a sensitive child that could be slightly abused, it could just turn everything upside down. Imagine this, if you will, and I hope this helps people that have been abused or, and that are interested in the things of the Lord or, or you're feeling drawn. Think about what Jesus experienced incarnated into human form separated in some mysterious sense from his from the father in what was being dumped on him tortured beat bullied mocked okay if you're it's one thing if you're like a hardened sailor and you get captured and they torture you it'd be another thing for a 9-year-old girl being yeah, taken and tortured absolutely. you get it yeah. now imagine the son of god god himself in human form, that sin is so contrary to his nature. Imagine it. Imagine the sensitivity that he felt with someone um, pulling his beard out, smacking him, um, mocking him, doing all these things, yet he maintained a loving composure, walked through it in perfect righteousness, And I'm like, he did that for you. So if you were beaten up and abused and you've gone through life and you've had loss and you've never experienced all of it, he experienced all of it. All the penalty for the fall, all the consequences for the fall, all the mess of the fall were poured on Christ Jesus upon the cross. And that may that be a gospel solace for you. May God draw you by the Holy Spirit into being able to be redeemed into that so you're not just in there in woundedness you give that to the to the lord jesus so that's uh wow Beautiful.
1: that's good stuff isn't it crazy how we can take a movie like the joker and you know I, god uses everything he does he yeah. uses you're everything sorry. you know and it really opened up my eyes to consider more about mental illness and really the reality of it and just to end with this real quick when you take a look at the stats today it's 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 staggering uh, you're looking at more than 10 million adults have uh, an unmet, unmet need for mental health treatment. Wow. Nobody's helping them.
0: That's unmet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Over, 70, over 70% of youth with uh, mental depression are still in need of treatment, and over 2 million youth have depression with severe impairment. So <laughs> it's a real thing, and it's something that we who are believers need to help these people with. Wow. We need to help them.
2: Well, Billy, thank you for being with us. To close this out, I would ask you, if you don't mind, can you pray for some of those people out there? I know you have a testimony of how God moved in your life. Can you just pray for anybody that would be listening or anybody that's on your heart in general that may benefit by by some of the things we've talked about?
0: Jesus, we just uh, thank you for opportunity to be able to reconnect. Thank you for just your body and your blood draw in our hearts when we were wicked and estranged from you when we were far away and didn't care a bit about it. Um, you bent down to show us the truth, the reality of your gospel, your words, your son, your blood for our sins and our wickedness that we couldn't do it and only you could. And we just lift that prayer up for anybody who's listening In really any circumstance, we we made mention that God is sovereign, and this is going out to people who needed to hear it or who wanted to hear it that need something from the Lord, be it salvation, be it a closer walk, be it a repentance, be it the the next level. Jesus, we just ask that you would draw those folks, draw them by your Spirit. Let them see truth. Let them see light. Let them see you high and lifted up. And that you, as corny as it sounds, really are the answer to all of these problems. And that if we would just walk in your ways and we would walk just with our eyes fixed on you, these guys might be able to see it. Just ask you bless this this broadcast. Dan uh, and Glenn, as they're going about doing more of these podcasts, um, please keep their eyes fixed on you. I ask you draw our hearts every day more and more that we would know you more and be more efficient, more effective and and just walk in closer with you. Jesus, thank you again for just time to be able to talk together and and put a podcast out in Jesus name
1: lithoscry.com